morning, Jamila, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Good morning, Chef Alain. How are you? I am well, thank you. Good morning, Monsieur Marc. Comment Good ça va? Morning. I'm well, thank you. I'm very well, as usual. <laughs> okay. Good for you. Good for everybody. I'm a yes. little bit under the weather. Um, Jamila, you are the co-owner with Doriel Price. I hope I said that right. Yes. of Easy Peasy, a family-owned business focused on helping babies and picky eaters learn to love veggies. Yes. Now, we want to know more about this. Uh, how did you and Doriel come up with this idea? Yes. Oh, thank you for asking. That's uh, one of our favorite questions. Um, so, Doriel is my younger sister, and um, I was uh, taking a um, break between my hospital jobs, and she asked me to be her nanny for her second baby boy. Um, she had to go back to work earlier than um, she anticipated and was going to have to, because of the type of work she was doing, not be able to pump breast milk and give the baby um, breast, pump breast milk um, after she was returning to work. Um, like all moms, uh, she had some guilt about this and uh, she was doing research and reading and she asked me what I thought about babies that were breastfed versus babies that were toddler, excuse me, babies that were bottle formula fed um, and how they learn to explore foods as toddlers. Um, I thought the question was quite interesting. There was some information in the lay press about it at the time. And I did a literature review about that. And um, most of the literature was actually in the nutrition literature, not so much in the pediatric uh, literature. <laughs> but it turns out that babies that are exposed to breast milk are getting exposed to, in very, very small amounts, um, to the flavors that mom, flavors of the food that mom is eating through the breast milk. And of course, formula-fed babies, because they get kind of the same boring formula all the time, um, they don't get those exposures. And so the hypothesis from the nutritionist, and this, this research is over 30 years old now, um, so it's pretty well established in the nutrition space, is that um, flavor learning starts very early. Um, actually, even some suggestion in utero based on what mom is eating when the baby is inside. Um, and that flavor learning actually continues through the first year of life when the baby is breastfeeding. So my sister and I, even though the baby wasn't going to be able to um, breastfeed or uh, feed expressed breast milk, wanted to figure out a way to give the baby repeated exposures in small amounts to flavors that we wanted him to acquire a taste for. Um, and I don't have to tell you that uh, humans don't need to learn to love sugar. Uh, humans don't need to learn to love salt. Um, but some of the more complex flavors of vegetables, um, in particular, some of the cruciferous ones, can be a little challenging for kids to acquire and adults as well. So that's pretty much how we started Easy Peasy. It was really our way to um, try to give the baby exposures as much as possible, as early as possible. We dried up lots of vegetables in our dehydrator and ground them into powder and mixed them into his baby bottle, which was... Um, predictably a disaster. Um, when you uh, rehydrate um, vegetables, sometimes they clump together and it was clogging the bottle. Um, by the time we got a good recipes together and we got the grind fine enough, the boy was on to baby cereals. 
Um, and at that point, it became a much easier endeavor <laughs> to um, add some veggie flavors in very tiny amounts to all of the foods that he was eating. So that was pretty much the origin of Easy Peasy. It was really our opportunity. At the end of the day, nothing can um, match breast milk in terms of um, what babies need in terms of antibodies and proteins and the macronutrient and the micronutrient profile in addition to all of these really cool things about flavor learning that happens through breast milk. Um, so this wasn't our, um, you know, when a baby can't do that, this was kind of an opportunity for us to figure out a way to give babies, um, at least the baby in our family, exposures to the flavors of um, that flavor learning that happens in the first year of life is pretty critical. Mm -hmm. Can you please describe your products for us? Uh, yeah, so it's literally, think of it like a seasoning, so like an onion powder or garlic powder, where you basically take the whole vegetable, dry it, and then grind it into a powder. So it's the same process that we do as, as you would do to make um, an onion or garlic powder, for example. Um, but we dry um, carrots, pea, well, there's green peas in all of our blends, that's why we call it Easy Peasy. Um, but we dry peas, carrots, uh, squash, sweet potatoes, kale, spinach, beets. Um, we dry them and grind them into a powder. So it's like, I actually have an example here. Yes, it's a one. We put it in like a seasoning container. That's an example of one of them. These are actually our new labels. But um, we dry it and grind it into a powder. So it's shelf stable. Um, it's an easy way to mix in the flavors to whatever the kids are eating. Um, we found in our home experiments that the, the flavors are reduced. They're, they're not as strong in the, in the dried form. Um, so it was kind of a nice way for us to stair-step the kids from a little bit of veggie flavor to increasing amounts based on how much you add to their foods. And you can add them to drinks as well. Hmm. Uh, on your website, I noticed that you have a concept called palate priming. Can you explain that? Yes, yes. So um, just as we were speaking, when you asked me about our origins, why we started doing, um, creating the products, um, palate priming happens in the natural world in terms of babies getting exposed to different flavors based on what mom is eating um, in utero and then based on what mom is eating in the first year of life if the baby is breastfeeding for the first year of life. So it's basically what your nose and your tongue um, get used to, in a sense. It's, it's what your nose and tongue find familiar um, is the palate priming. And the goal for our kids and our product, um, it eventually became a product, but initially it was just our little home uh, veggie recipe um, trickery, um, was to expose their palates, their tongue and their nose to a variety of vegetable flavors and smells. Okay, okay. Um, you mentioned that you mix different vegetables. Do you have different choices as in the, the powders or is yes. it just one main and then? Yes, um, we have three main um, flavors now. I'll show you them. We have our original one um, is uh, carrots, peas and um, squash. Okay. Um, this one was the first one we did, and um, we, we brought that one to our farmer's markets first because um, at home for my sister's kids, we got that into their scrambled eggs and their applesauce and yogurt um, without them noticing the flavor very much. We felt very successful with that one. 
And then we decided to get a little adventurous and add some cruciferous flavors. So this one is our green blend. Um, that one is carrots, peas, sweet potatoes, kale, and spinach. Mm -hmm. And then um, I really liked playing around with um, different colors. And this one has carrots, beets, peas, and squash, and it will actually turn light-colored foods red. Um, we were a little hesitant about that one for the kids initially because the first two um, that we created are very light in color and uh, kind of easy to disguise in terms of the look of them. You can definitely taste yeah. the vegetables and smell them, but um, the color masks very well with, you know, all kind of all things toddler, um, mac and cheese and grilled cheese and all of those things on the kids meal menu that pediatricians um, have problems with sometimes. But um, the red blend is fun. It actually will turn the food color, but um, we weren't sure how the kids were going to receive it because this, this time the kind of the gig was up at that point. But um, by that point, my sister's kids were older, maybe on the order of four and six, and they actually liked the adventure of, of turning their food colors with um, mm. the different um, flavors. And, and for us, it was, you know, a win-win because the, the more color the more color they added to their food, the more vegetable flavors they were adding to their food. Right. So we felt pretty happy about that. So we, um, those are our three main blends. So that was a kind of a fun thing for the kids too. Um, I probably could use the green one. I still have trouble with eating kale. Me too. Yes, yeah. me too. <laughs> I'm with you on that. My sister loves kale and I always tell people I'm proud of the green blend because as a non-kale lover or person who's learning to love kale, I'm proud of that blend. I like it. I travel with it. So uh, you sort of alluded already. So how would parents use your products? And uh, Yeah. So um, sprinkle on, uh, I would say, like you say, scramble eggs, soups and what else? Yes, yes, that's um, excellent. I, we do. Um, we And actually, our families are get quite creative. We have the ideas that we've developed within our own family, um, and we are in touch with a lot of our um, customers through social media, and they send us pictures of all kinds of um, things that they're, they're doing with their Easy Peasy. But um, yes, Chef, you mentioned um, soups, definitely scrambled eggs. Um, applesauce is the way that we sample it at our farmer's markets just because it's it's easy to transport applesauce and um, most families most kids like applesauce and they, they kind of know what the flavor of applesauce is so it's an easy way to let them try the flavors of the blends in comparison to plain applesauce. Um, yogurt is another one um, we have families that mix it into the spreads that kids like so like peanut butter or Nutella for example um, and then in terms of um, other types of um, baking, we mix it in when we're doing um, cookies or brownies, um, pancakes. Um, you know, the flavor, again, is quite mild. I mean, like any seasoning, the more you add, the more you'll taste. So, you know, depending on how much um, veggie flavors the families want to come through, you can pretty much add it to anything. And um, you can vary the amount that you add based on how, how veggie you want your, um, your food to taste. Mm -hmm. I still have a hard time imagining green yogurt. Yes, I know. Well, you yeah. know, the fun thing for us, at, you know, as adults, I, kids do all kinds of um, interesting things. Uh, one of the things that I recommend to families when we're trying to get kids to learn, um, you know, vegetables and practice is that kids sometimes like to like to dip things. They like having a sauce. 
But the dips that they pick are sometimes, let's say like a yogurt, for example, they might want to dip their, a stock of broccoli in yogurt. And as mm. an adult, I might, I might pass on that. But, mm. you know, for the kid, it, it's fun for them. If they like it and they'll eat it, I tell the families, go for it. Let them do it. Um, it doesn't mean that they'll always eat their broccoli that way. <laughs> uh, the most important thing at that point is just to let them explore, let them enjoy it. Um, it is quite a different experience behaviorally when um, kids get to make choices and they um, have, in terms of behaviors that we want them to repeat, if it's happening in a positive context versus us standing over them and saying, you have to do this or do this or else, or setting it up with a negative consequence, it definitely makes a difference um, in terms of how um, how likely the child is to repeat that behavior when no one's watching. And at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is give families a way to help kids set intentions in a positive way so that when they're older and grownups, they can make good food choices, not, not because mom or dad or auntie is standing over them and, and making them do it. Mm. This, um, so you put the, the shaker, um, you make the shaker available to the, to the kids, to the babies, or you just, so you start by sneaking it in and then you let them <laughs> experiment with it? Yes. So every family is different. And um, the families usually have a pretty good sense of what, what type of exploratory kid they have. Um, so I'll give you kind of extreme examples. I have, um, you know, some families, uh, one particular family that I'm thinking about, they um, used to let their, um, their daughter, when she was two or three, she, they had the shaker on the table and she would, they would, um, instead of poking out all of the holes in it, they would just poke out one hole so it doesn't, doesn't come out too fast. And they would just let her shake it onto her food. Um, and she called it her salt. She must've been a little bit older, probably around the order of three. Um, so she liked the idea of adding salt to her food and she made her feel like a grown up at the table that she could uh, add her own seasoning. Um, so there are definitely our families. Um, and then this same child, actually, sometimes the parents would just kind of make a little, uh, little round pile of easy peasy on her plate and she would just take her food and kind of dip it into the, the powder. I've seen a lot of families use it that way as well. Hmm. Um, so there are definitely some kids who are exploratory and are um, excited about uh, having something on their own that they can do. Um, and then, yes, on the other extreme, there are definitely families that say, I, my, I changed the label, I turn, I turn it around in the cabinet so the kids can see it. If their kids are um, old enough to read, <laughs> um, they definitely hide it and um, then don't want the secret to get out. So there are definitely um, extremes. Uh, and either way is fine with us. Um, at the end of the day, our goal really is to kind of let the child's palate, this, the nose and the tongue, warm up to the flavors and the smell. Um, you can teach the brain, even if the kid doesn't know that they're learning, <laughs> you're still teaching the tongue and, and the nose. So, um, you know, it's really to me up to each family how they want to, um, you know, treat it in the family as like a secret or not a secret. Right. This may sound obvious as a question, but um, is your product just for babies or for all ages? Yeah, that's a great question um, and not obvious at all. So in our family, it was our, our goal was to kind of get the kids warmed up to veggie flavors. But in the process over the last four years of meeting customers, um, we get feedback from customers all the time that adults, uh, customers use it for themselves. 
Um, I also have a lot of um, adult customers that are kind of in that age between caring for their parents and caring for their children. And they use it for their aging parents as well that sometimes are picky eaters and as well as their children, as well as themselves. So um, it's not a, not an, uh, an obvious question at all. And uh, we were surprised for us actually about how many adults um, were using it for themselves as well. I guess adults need to learn vegetable flavors too. Yeah, some adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, the mm, real more difficult question. How do you source your ingredients? And can you tell us about <laughs> their quality? Yes, I, I can. Um, so we actually work with uh, commercial kitchens now. Um, when we were doing this product at home for our family, we were getting our vegetables from our local farmer's market or grocery store and using our own dehydrator. Um, now that we sell the product uh, across the state lines, we're in Florida, but we sell all over the country, actually international as well. Um, we have to work out of commercial kitchens. So we work with our commercial kitchen partners and let them source the vegetables. Um, we try as much as possible to source as local. We have a few kitchens that we work out of. We try to have them sourced as local to their, um, those kitchens as possible. Um, sometimes when the growing season is not as possible for us to have things here in North America, they will source out of Europe and sometimes South America as well. Um, I trust our our partners um, and we do um, do our quality checks in terms of um, safety, um, shelf life testing and stability. And um, it's been good. It's been good so far. At, at, you know, 20 years from now with Easy Peasy, we might be able to have our, our own farm that we're, we're growing and doing our own drying and, and grinding. Um, now it's, it makes the most sense to work with our commercial kitchen partners that are sourcing ingredients for other products as well. It helps us keep our price affordable for most of our families. Yeah, I guess my concern is, uh, this is a big thing uh, with me, is uh, uh, GMO products and um, glyphosate sprayed um, vegetables. Mm -hmm. Are you doing some quality control on that? Well, we think that most vegetables in terms of, um, our vegetables are not GMO, but yes, um, as you know, non-GMO vegetables, GMO vegetables, and even um, kind of by overspray, there's definitely organic um, vegetables that are being exposed to those um, mm. pesticides. Um, the good news for families is that in general, the exposure risk is low. So for most of those um, products, by washing them and cleaning them, um, the exposure risk for the people that are applying the pesticides is the highest. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. they're in direct contact and um, they're inhaling the product as well. Um, but yes, I, I definitely, um, you know, share those concerns. And, you know, with products that are exposed versus products that are not exposed, there's, um, you know, different risks to either or. Um, you know, we want our families to have vegetable choices and do the best that they can to choose the safest vegetables that they can for their family. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we try to do the same with Easy Peasy. Yeah, as you know, babies are the most sensitive one to any kind of- uh, Exposures. Uh, exposures to poison like Roundup and glyphosate. Yes. Um, are your products allergen free? We do work in a kitchen that also processes tree nuts and eggs. Um, and this was on this is on our website for our families as well. 
Um, those products are present in the kitchen, but not on the same equipment that Easy Peasy gets packaged on. So every family, you know, there are some children that are sensitive to the point where they can't even be in the same room with their allergen. Um, for most kids, it has to be at the level that it's a high enough level in the food present in the food that they're eating in order for them to have an exposure. But we do mention that on our website for families that have kids that can be sensitive to even being present in the room with the allergen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, are you going to food shows in any coming soon? Oh, no. We actually did um, our first food show last fall. We did Natural Products Expo East in Baltimore, <laughs> um, which was fun, really fun for us. And um, our, the first time we kind of got out am amongst other food um, people. Um, we decided not to do West this year. East was much closer for us um, being in Florida. It was just a kind of a trip up I-95 to Baltimore. Um, we decided the, the expense of going to uh, Expo West this year would be too much for us. Um, but maybe um, next year, if, if we plan well for um, 2021 Expo West, we will try to get out to California. All right, cool. Um, well, I let Mark uh, ask the rest of the questions. Mark? Okay. Quick, quick, I mean, basic question. You might have mentioned it, but I missed it. Yeah. At what age can you start using Easy Peasy? Oh, great. That, that is a great question. So um, we, the Academy of Pediatrics, I'm, this is we, now me with my, my pediatrician hat on, um, we recommend that children are exclusively um, formula or breastfed for the first six months of life, if, if families can do that. Um, most children show readiness for solid foods um, somewhere around five to six months of age. So For every family, it's, you know, once their child is showing readiness for solids, um, our base blend is carrots and peas. There are carrots and peas in all of our blends. So we tell families that um, once your child is ready for solids and you know your child has had carrots and peas, at least, that's kind of our base blend, then you can start adding Easy Peasy to their baby foods and, um, and soft uh, stage one foods. Hmm. But seeing as, as it's a mixable powder, you couldn't start introducing it to the milk itself? Well, again, in our own family, that was our goal. That's how we started out. I would probably do different types of bacterial testing and I have different thresholds for, um, for that if I was going to do that product for babies under six months of age. So I would not recommend it for babies um, under six months of age doing it in their formula, but older babies that have um, the, the immune system and um, the bacterial, uh, their own bacterial flora in order to handle um, raw, essentially a raw vegetable product as, they're, mm. as they get older, it's safe for them. Oh, super good. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the other thing I didn't, didn't quite see is, is it there um, just to acclimatize youngsters to flavors or is it also for nutrition? Yes, that's an excellent question. So for us and the way that we use it in our own family and the way that we recommend it for families to use is as And, and a palate primer, a way to introduce the flavors to the nose and the tongue. Um, I have to tell you that almost every family that we meet at farmer's markets asks me, well, how much of this is equal to X amount of vegetables? Because they want to use it as a substitute. Yeah. Um, so we do, we, we, we have answered that question because we got asked the question so much. We will tell people the ratios. Um, but again, I go always go back to my pediatrician hat and say to the families, This is not um, a veggie substitute. This is a bridge to whole vegetables. And this doesn't get you off the hook for putting whole vegetables on the table, for 
being an, an example and eating your vegetables yourself as the adult in the household. Um, we really do, you know, want families to know that this is a tool to get their kids onto the whole veggie, but not a veggie substitute. Mm, mm, super, super. Now, I want to take you back almost to your beginnings somewhat. Sure. Um, you glided through the process quite quickly, how you, how you came from sort mm. of working on the kitchen top to going into commercial production. Mm. Guessing that wasn't as straightforward as, as many people might think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it, it was about, in terms of the time, I'm just, yes, it was, a, I, I did glide through it, but it was at least a two to three year process yeah. um, from when uh, Doriel and I had the idea um, of what we were going to do and then got kind of got our own home equipment, got our dehydrator going. And, um, you know, we had different methods of grinding our vegetables. We used mortar and pestle. We used a coffee grinder. Um, you know, it was, it was quite a, a science experiment within our own family of, um, you know, the, the process of, of doing it at home. And then, yes, finding um, kitchens that, that could do it um, comparably to how we were doing it at home, basically scaling your recipe from your kitchen top to um, what a commercial kitchen can do for you. It, it took us a good year to find a co-packer that we were comfortable with. And again, um, you know, we trust our co-packer to source our ingredients. So it was, it was very important for us to not just pick anyone. Um, we did visits on site and we still, we still visit our, our, our kitchens at least once a year. Um, so yes, it was, it was quite a process for sure. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing at some point there, you, I mean, you knew it worked for your family. Mm-hmm. What was it that gave you the indication that, hey, we might be onto something for other families and we might even have, you know, a product mm-hmm. we can, um, you know, share with other people? Yeah. What were the stages um, that took you through that? They, that? Mark, that's a great question. And um, you, I laugh because, um, so my sister, so what we did have at least six months probably of trying the natural blend, which was the carrots, peas and squash. And the green blend with the kale and spinach where we were giving it to my sister's kids and we would just we'd mix it in their applesauce and we'd stand over in the corner and just watch and say, oh, they don't know. Okay, that's going well. Let's add more next time and see. And I said at some point I said to my sister, because we're, we're both scientists, I'm a pediatrician and she's an engineer. And I said to her, you know, we're all genetically related because we'd let our parents try it. My dad, we would get him all the time. We we made a, um, a pumpkin pie and we swapped out the sugar and the pumpkin pie for our red blend, which is the carrots and beets and peas and squash. They're all naturally sweet, but, you know, not added sugar. And he didn't notice. And, you know, I said to my sister, maybe we're all, our, maybe all of our palates are not good. You know, maybe we don't have good taste buds or, you know, I, I personally, I know my nose is not very strong, which is a, a benefit in, in pediatrics, but... Um, <laughs> At some point, what we decided is we, we, we just had to try it. We, we decided to just go to a farmer's market and let other people try it. <laughs> that was really the only way we were going to know. So uh, our first year in 2016, our first year at the farmer's market was amazing because, um, you know, we had this thing. At that point, we had had it for two years. And we were, you know, trying it in our own family with our own friends and we were making blends for other people. And finally we were like, okay, let's see how people receive this. And it was so amazing. It was very positive. And, um, you know, families that came back and families that would refer their friends to us. And 
Yeah, so it, it definitely was, it took a while before we, we really had, I think, a, a denominator large enough that we felt like, you know, okay, it's not just us that can't taste it mm. um, in small amounts. There, we really are onto something here. Yeah, super. Now, now, can you remember the first person outside the family who said, hey, this is good? I do. I still, I can't, I don't know her name, but I, I actually think of her often. Um, our, our, our very first customer, I do remember her. <laughs> if I saw her on the street, I would know her. It was in our, our uh, the first market we did was in Sanford, Florida, which is a little town outside Orlando. And they have a really beautiful farmer's market. I hope they're still doing it in downtown Sanford around this really beautiful uh, fountain. And I remember her, I, I have to ask my sister if she remembers her as clearly, but I do remember our first customer. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Now, little things like that that just stick in the mind, isn't it? Yes, they do. So... Um, You've got up to three products now, yeah? Yes. What do you, what do you see happening in the future? Are you going to expand on that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I do. And actually we have, so the three products that I showed earlier are what we call our Easy Peasy Classics. Those are our, um, the blends that are our, our staples, our bases. And um, we usually have some surplus of those. And sometimes they're on Amazon in addition to being on our own website. Um, last year, we experimented with adding our vegetables and spices together. Um, so again, our, with our goal being to give families ways to expand kids' palates that don't involve adding sugar and don't involve adding salt. Um, so we were taking our vegetable flavors and mixing them with different spices. And we had two different spice um, lines last year that were actually quite popular. We did our natural blend, which is the carrots, peas, and squash. We added that with um, turmeric and cayenne pepper and made it just a very mild, as you know, turmeric can be a, quite a, turmeric can be quite a strong flavor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even adults probably sometimes look for ways to kind of tamp that down a little bit. So um, I was really proud of that blend. And, but I actually think we had more adult customers for that than, than kids. And then over the fall, we used our red blend as a base and made a ginger blend. So it was our red blend, which is carrots, beets, peas, and squash. And then we added a little ginger and cinnamon. And that went fantastically. We sold out. We didn't make that many units of them because we just kind of wanted to, you know, see how people received it. Um, but it went quite well. I loved it. It was my morning friend in my tea um, and my coffee. It just, you know, when you... Um, warm those flavors when they kind of get on your nose it's just such a nice um aromas for the fall so um yeah i think that um we'll probably redo we do those in kind of li our limited edition is what we call them so we'll probably re-release re our limited editions this year um we also did um we had a little batch of broccoli from a farm in canada that we um, mixed in with our natural blend to make a broccoli blend and that was actually quite popular as well. It was a really fun uh, combination because the broccoli was actually quite sweet um, from that batch. But um, it, so it wasn't, the cruciferous flavors weren't very strong, but the smell of the broccoli was definitely there. So I was, I was confident that the palate priming was happening, even though the broccoli flavor wasn't very strong. So that one actually went quite well. We may or may not redo that one this year as well. Super job. So are we, are we, can we look forward to seeing some maybe more exotic flavors coming across the, uh, the aisles? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. And what about seasonal ones? The seasonals? Mm. I think we'll definitely bring the ginger blend back in the fall. Um, and then the turmeric, I, because it did go quite well, we might bring that one back in the late um, summer as well. 
Super job, super job. So at the moment, you're, you're really just concentrating on powders that help increase um, children's palates or even adults' palates. Yes. Um, are you going to move on from that type of product to something maybe different? Oh, we don't have any other plans right now to expand outside of um, our kind of powder palette priming experience. Um, but, you know, time, time will tell. Super job. Yeah. I assume as, um, as a doctor and <clears throat> as a doctor and uh, your sister being very busy. So, um, yes. it, it, you know, there's only so many hours you can, you can work. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sure. already impressive how you managed to grow this business internationally. So oh, thank you. good for you. So we're not going to push for more, a lot more. Yes. I, well, my sister and I are always entertaining whether it's time to bring on some more permanent staff, kind of expand our, our capabilities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, our business is, is still young and we're just barely making our, our, our goals in terms of um, our sales and um, our, our new product development always costs extra money as well. So I, maybe in the next year or two, we'll be able to have enough resources to bring on permanent staff. Um, you know, I always think the challenge of small business is, um, you know, you try to do as much as you can with as little as possible. Um, but at some point you get to that, um, that, you know, kind of breaking point where you realize that um, you, you've maxed out all of your resources. And in order to do more, you have to spend more. You have to bring more people in. So we may be getting there. Excellent. Now you, you did mention earlier that, um, you know, maybe in 10, 20 years time, you'll have your own farm and source all your own vegetables that way. Yes. Obviously, that gives you complete control. Mm -hmm. um, would you be interested in hearing from farmers who may have, you know, really top quality organic um, produce that you could use? Yes, absolutely. You can definitely put us in touch. Um, one of the things, Mark, that I, we, we don't talk about this a lot in our social media, but it's one of the things that I, I really love about what we're able to do with this product is, um, as you probably know, in the American produce market, in terms of the consumer market, it's very strange in that um, um, sometimes American consumers want their vegetables to look perfect, um, and which is an interesting concept. It's definitely not something that I think our, our ancestors um, <laughs> intended intended for us. Um, so they, you know, there's lots of produce that gets rejected from um, from being available in in grocery stores um, because of the look of them. And um, the awesome news about dried vegetables is that you know, obviously we we can't we can't dry um, imperfect vegetables in terms of like um, spoiled or it's not that type of imperfect uh, and I'm, I'm saying I know that you know this I'm also yeah. saying this for the audience um, but vegetables that are perfectly intact and don't look perfect enough to go on a store shelf are perfectly fine to get dried and ground <laughs> or yeah. you know sliced or you know julienned or you know something else so it's kind of like an, a natural repurposing I guess um, and I feel really good about that as a as a person um, on earth that we're giving um, farms an opportunity to do something with produce that might have otherwise been thrown away. Excellent. So, I mean, if anybody's got wonky vegetables, you will, you want them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah, send them on. <laughs> Super job. Super job. Um, 
Now, I did say if farmers can get in touch with you, um, can you tell us your website and your social media contact places? Oh, yes, absolutely. So our main uh, website is easypeasy.com. Let me see if it's, oh, I'm looking at our little sign back there. So our, let me see if I can find it up here. Um, that's E-A-S-Y-P-E-A-S-I-E.com. And then actually our social media is, sorry, this is so wobbly at the bottom there. That's um, Easy Peasy on Facebook and on Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter. We're at Easy Peasy Co. Um, with the C-O at the end. Excellent. And then um, in terms of reaching out to us, you can always find us, it's on our website as well, but contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at easypeasy.com will reach us if you need to find us by email. Excellent. Super job. So um, you, sell, you sell your products on your website, on Amazon, and where else? Uh, retail stores as well? We're, this year, this is our big year for retail. So um, we actually got some nice leads from Natural Products Expo in the fall. Um, our current batch, which are featuring our, our, our new labels that are not even on the store shelves yet. You guys are seeing them first. Um, mm -hmm. Our new batch is um, over in our kitchen right now. So we should have this up in the next two to three weeks. Um, and we're, we're going to go back to um, the contacts that we made at Natural Products Expo and see if we can get into some retail this year. Um, but currently it's our website, Amazon, and occasionally where we're at our farmer's markets locally in South Florida or Central Florida. Okay. Super job. Excellent. Well, that's everything from me. I think you've given us a really nice, good background and, you know. Oh, good. History of what's been going on. Yes. Super. Thank you. Thank you. And that was really fun. Anything you think we should have asked you and didn't? No, that was really fun. Um, thank you for letting me go on. Um, sometimes when I'm doing my farmer's markets and um, people ask me, oh, how'd you start this? And I start from the, well, my sister had this baby and she couldn't breastfeed. They're like, I could see their eyes like rolling back <laughs> in their head. Like they wish they wouldn't have asked that question. So <laughs> thank you for letting me um, go on about um, our, our little baby. We're, we're really proud of this um, this project that kind of started out as just a way to to trick my sister's kids and um you know we're really happy to be helping lots of families out there yeah and obviously yeah. the proof is in the pudding i take it all of your sister's kids now and, and other kids that you have used the product they're all vegetable mad I take they're it. all vegetable lovers well you know the little one so the one that we actually started easy peasy for he was the most resistant. Her older kid, the one, um, she, she was able to breastfeed him for probably almost a year and a half, or maybe a little bit longer. And his palate is very well developed. He'll pretty much try anything. And, and he actually will prefer produce to processed foods, which we're, we're really proud of. The little one is the one we had to work on. And it is interesting in her own family, she really did have kind of the breastfed toddler and the formula fed toddler. Um, we have, but when he was about three or four years old, they were at a martial arts class and she, uh, she sent me a picture. He asked her if he could have some carrots and she said, oh my gosh, this is the first time this kid has ever asked for a vegetable. And she took a picture of him like smiling, eating a carrot. And we put it next to a side-by-side -side of a picture when he was two years old and he was looking at a carrot very, criti very critically. And, you know, so it, it doesn't happen overnight, but you know, this is the goal for our families is to just tell them, listen, just like 
anything you're ever going to teach your kids in life, sometimes you have to do it more than once. Um, mm -hmm. And when it comes to learning flavors, you have to do it a whole bunch of times. Um, but don't give up. And and I think sometimes like families get discouraged because we know meals meal times can be struggles for a lot of families. So yeah. we want to give families a, another tool to keep trying. Super job. Yeah, I mean, one thing you did mention earlier is that you've got people who use it with their older parents as well. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's something I thought that stood out. You'd think that most people, once they get, I don't know, 60s, 70s, that they they know what they like. Uh -huh. So can you actually retrain an older person's palate then? You know, I don't know what the goal is for those adults that are using it on their parents. Maybe it's payback or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not perfectly sure. I actually, I don't think that um, most of the adults that are using it with their parents are are trying to train their palate. I, I think what they're actually, what they've noticed is that sometimes the the diet becomes very limited as adults get older, that they, they only have a couple of foods that they like. Um, and this is actually quite similar to in, in pediatric population, which I know geriatric populations hate to be compared to pediatrics. So we just forget I said that. But in the pediatric population, we have a lot of... Um, very restrictive um, eating um, patterns. There are some kids that will only eat a certain color of food, a certain texture of food, um, and it becomes extremely difficult in those kids to even try to get them to explore because they, they won't try something that's a color they're not used to. They won't try something that's a, a texture they're not used to. Um, so I think that in a lot of adults that are using it in their adult uh, parents, their aging parents, I think it's more just to offer some variety to their mm. diet and offer maybe some micronutrients that they're not otherwise getting if they don't mm. won't take a multivitamin or something to that extent. Um, even in our, we actually just got an email a couple of weeks ago from a feeding therapist um, who was working with a child that has um, some pretty severe sensory um, challenges and, and a very restrictive eating pattern. And she said she, she put a few piles of easy peasy on his tray and he dipped in one of his favorite foods to the powder and he ate it and she was over the moon. She sent me an email immediately after her feeding session. And I told her, um, it really, you know, aside from helping families that are trying to get, you know, kids used to new flavors, when we can offer an opportunity for very, you know, restrictive, um, pattern kids to try something new that just makes my little pediatrician heart flutter. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, for, for those kids, I think, you know, an opportunity to give them something that they would have never tried in the whole form is, is really cool. Excellent. Yeah, I, just, I understand that uh, autistic children have a very, very narrow, uh, typically very narrow diet. They only like one or two foods. And, and if you try to change that, they freak out. Yes, Chef. You're absolutely right. I've, that's been my experience as well in, in meeting a lot of families that have children on the spectrum that Sometimes um, their kids, like you said, have a very limited diet in terms of the color of something, or sometimes they can even be quite bread loyal, um, and they, they know the look of, you know, their favorite cheese, and you know how us, us um, food businesses like to mess around with our packaging sometimes and change the labels, and mm. sometimes even if it's the same food inside, just a label change can really throw those kids for a loop. So mm. um, there are definitely lots of families out there that are struggling with, um, you know, kids that w are not going to be exploratory kids and, and just try something new because you put it on their plate. Excellent. Now, you, you mentioned micronutrients before. Um, yes. How rich is Easy Peasy in, in micronutrients? 
Yeah, so we have um, a little bit of vitamin A, a little bit of vitamin C, a little bit of iron. Um, all of our nutrition back, back labels are on our website and actually here on the, on the back of our, we don't have a whole lot of real estate there, but they're on the back of the labels as well. Um, so it's, it's not like taking a vitamin. On our um, labels, you won't see 100% of, of anything, any um, macro or micronutrient from easy peasy. Um, just in, in life, just like in food, um, there's no complete foods out there as well. So, you know, I always tell families our goal is not to be a vitamin um, substitute. It, it really is about real food and teaching the palate, the smell and the flavor. Yeah. Um, but yes, we do have um, a small amount of micronutrients and there's about a little bit less than a gram of protein and about a gram of fiber in every teaspoon. Excellent. Excellent. Macros. You've taken us thoroughly through Easy Peasy. Thank you Yay. for that. Awesome. awesome. It's, been, it's been good fun to find out about it. And cool. uh, yeah, sure it's going to be so, interesting. Um, I have to wonder, do uh, Mark and I qualify as uh, elders and <laughs> should, we start, should we start sprinkling our food with your products? Yes, I will definitely send you guys some samples. It's definitely time. There's no time better than the present. <laughs> Just don't tell my son, otherwise he's going to force me to, to do that. Okay, I got you. Super job. Well, thank you, Jamila. It's been lovely having you. Thank you, Mark, right. and thank you, Chef. And I guess it's time for my jokey ending. Oh, yay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, thank you again, Jamila, for being on the Local Pelia Show. And as we say in Texas, a votre santé, y'all. You hear that everywhere in Texas. <laughs> That's very common. Thanks, Thanks again. Florida. Okay.